Hello and welcome to Amplify, supporting young amputees, the Limbless Association's podcast that answers all your questions about life as an amputee. The Limbless Association is a long-standing user-led national charity that's been supporting lives beyond limb loss for over 38 years. We're here for amputees, their friends and family, clinicians, and anyone who is interested in what it's really like to be an amputee. Our activities are based on the fundamental principle that no amputee needs cope alone, and we provide support to amputees and their families pre and post amputation. Our services include our helpline, volunteer visitor peer support, support and connect hubs, virtual events, our young ambassador programme, quarterly step forward magazine, and so much more. I'm your host, Ella Dove. I'm an author, journalist, and Limbless Association trustee and young ambassador lead. In 2016, I lost my right leg below the knee following a freak accident tripping over while out running. It's been a long journey to rebuild, both physically and mentally, but the Limbless Association was there for me throughout, helping me to feel supported, encouraged and empowered. To join the Limbless Association's community, connect with us on social media or visit our website at www.limbless-association.org. So... In today's episode, we are going to be talking about what it's like to be a young amputee. So whatever age your limb loss happens, indeed, even if you're born with it, there are particular challenges when it comes to growing up, running in the playground, sports day, missing out due to medical appointments, for example. There's also a potentially darker side, which we explored in series one, that of bullying and wanting to fit in. However, there are also a lot of positives to be found, as these people will show you today. The world is constantly adapting, meaning life now looks far more inclusive and tolerant than ever before. So with that in mind, I'd like to introduce today's guests. So first, we have Pollyanna Hope. Hi, Pollyanna. Hello. So Pollyanna is 16. She lost her leg at the age of two when she was crossing a road with her mother and grandmother and they were hit by a bus. And Pollyanna is a keen dancer and can even dance on point with her prosthetic leg. So we will chat much more about that in a minute. My second guest is Ryan Coombs. Hey, Ryan. Hello. Ryan is a 28-year-old police officer who had his leg amputated below the knee a year ago following complications after a road traffic collision. From being hugely active and having a very active job, he's now learning to adapt to his situation. So obviously, you both have very different experiences of being a young person with limb loss. Um, So Ryan, I want to start by chatting to you today. So your amputation was obviously more recent than mine Mm. and Pollyanna's. Um, You know, mine happened five years ago when I was 25. So I still have this very acute sense of kind of before and after, Um, you know, kind of like you're almost two different people sometimes. I wanted to ask, is that how you feel as well, being a bit more recent with your amputation? Yeah, that's definitely something I could... um... I, I could agree with. So bef- who I was before and I was a very active person, as you mentioned, and then kind of it's almost like changing into being a different person, not necessarily worse, but a different person um, with the way you have to view everything and the yeah. way you conduct yourself. Yeah, yeah. So tell me a bit more about what you were like before your amputation. Like what sort of activities did you do? And yeah, what kind of stuff did you get up to? So um, when I wasn't at work, uh, I often would go out riding with my friends on my bike. Um, I did a, a fair amount of bouldering, so it's just like climbing without ropes and such, a local climbing wall. Um, I wasn't a 
fitness freak such, but I did enjoy the gym a little um, and swimming as well as was something I really did enjoy. Um, mm. And then obviously I had my collision and um, after the amputation, that's kind of tweaked a little bit now. And tell me a bit about how you kind of have adapted to that. I mean, you know, for work, for one thing, how how did you manage with work? So with work, um, they've actually been really good in making sure that the work environment has been adapted for me to assist where I've needed. So um, as I'm still very early in the process, I've I've had a prosthetic fitted and I've actually, at the moment, don't have it due to having revision surgery. So um, the wheelchair, which I have, um, is, is really important for getting around and enabling me to work. So luckily, the site I work at is accessible, has ramps and a suitable parking spot. Um, and with, with a bit of uh, effort from the arms, which they have plenty of time to, to build up when using crutches, I'm able to wheel myself up to the office and uh, work at a desk for the moment. Yeah. And what are the things that are kind of important to you when it comes to keeping that sense of the person that you were before? You know, are things like work and activities carrying on with them like quite important? Yeah, absolutely. So work, as <laughs> without sounding maybe a little bit too sad, work was very important to who I were prior to um, my collision. Like I, I put a lot of time and effort into my career because it's something that I really enjoy. Um, and after the amputation, there was a moment where I thought, well, I might have to almost be a completely different person, my changing career, because I'm not sure whether I'll be able to do it. Um, and being able to maintain my position and continue doing what I do has has been massively important to kind of connecting to who I were prior to my amputations to who I am now instead. Yeah. And Pollyanna, obviously, you, I imagine, can't remember much from when your amputation actually happened because you were so little. But I mean, over the years, how has your perception of yourself changed, would you say? I don't think it'd be much different to someone who didn't have a disability, to be honest, because I haven't, I've never known any different. Mm. Like, isn't if things have been harder, they've always been harder. Like, it's never, I've never had like a drastic change in my situation. Mm. Like, perhaps Ryan has. I mean, I mean, I suppose I don't, I don't feel any kind of shame about being disabled or I don't really see it as anything anymore that was like a shift in my perspective I read a book a few months ago but um nothing drastic really but um all good all good things Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I wanted to actually mention that because when we had a phone conversation, you said, oh, you shouldn't feel bad about being disabled. Like being disabled is a good word. So yeah, tell me a bit more about like your shift and how you kind of came to to think that because you said that was quite recent, right? Yeah, um, I followed some people on Instagram and I saw a thing where they'd been given a book on disabilities um, by Rebecca Breca Tusag, um, sitting pretty. It's a very good one. I'd recommend it. Um, and so I, I don't know. It was on a whim. I went online and I ordered it, and it came. And I think I read the whole thing within about six days because it, it was quite like I got a. I, I woke up at six a.m. to read it before school. And it was quite intense. <laughs> and then after I read that, it was just a bit. It was just like it was a shift, and I actually realised all these undertones that I've been thinking of like my whole life, but I'd never actually addressed them because I didn't realise they had the need to be addressed. Mm. Yeah, and then I just start to realise that the issue, we're not the issue. 
by being different and needing different things, the issue is the world that likes to pretend that we don't need it. And mm. it's, oh, I'm thinking of the last page of the book now. It's like, we need to change the boxes that we fit into as not not trying to fit us to change into the boxes that society wants us to fit into, but you need to make the boxes more flexible. Mm-hmm. So, because it's not it's not about disability in itself, it's about difference, because now no one likes accepting difference. And even a few days ago, I was talking to someone about, it was at my dance, and he was like, he said something about me being disabled. And he's like, no, not the word disabled, I don't like the word disabled. But I was like, it's not a bad word. Like, mm. it's all about associations. Like, there are things that we associate with being bad. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but like, disabled, it's not It's not a taboo. It's it's just a fact. Someone's got blonde hair, someone's got blue eyes. It's, a, it's just a fact. It's not a bad thing. It's just a difference. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so tell me a bit about what it was like for you as an amputee, for example, at school and things like that. Was ever was everything quite adapted to you or did you struggle at times in terms of the physical challenges? Um, I think in terms of school, I've been quite lucky. Mm. Um, I mean, for me, I was never like, I, I mean, everyone's different. But for me, my teachers were always like, just adapt the way you want. But like, I've never been that into sport so <laughs> I don't I never I've never sort of been the one to go to pee and want to do five laps around the mugger that's not really what I do mm. <laughs> I tend to stick to dance but um yeah no my experience in school has been good yes yeah yeah and obviously we see kind of amputee children running around and looking like they've got sort of no fear at all was that you did you ever sort of struggle with balance and things like that or were you sort of quite confident on a prosthetic leg to start off with I was just like a normal child because like it as I was saying it was I never had a change in my situation like Mm -hmm. I never woke up and thought I was different like the fact that I'm different is just ingrained in my identity yeah it's so it's so interesting because obviously for me and Ryan it was such a huge thing like learning to walk whereas for you it was just like a little girl learning to walk you know (laughs) yeah like it it was just learning to walk just in a different way it wasn't really I I I never had that shift which I think other children have yeah yeah and yeah Ryan tell me more about your recovery because you mentioned you're still in your wheelchair for quite a lot of the time I mean how is how is using a prosthetic for you are you still kind of on that journey (laughs) Yeah, so I was fitted with a prosthetic last year, but the surgery I had, I ended up having my amputation because of an infection, which was a lot worse than they realised initially. So the initial amputation wasn't particularly tidy. It meant that I was unable to bend my real knee, but we didn't have space for an artificial one. Mm. So I looked a little bit like a peg-legged pirate, I guess, when I I moved around. And so I went in for a revision, and with that, Obviously, the leg's a little bit too short now. So as, a, as opposed to being completely off-centre, um, i using the wheelchair whilst it's in the workshop. And I think, as I'm sure that both yourself and Pollyanna can probably comment on more so than I, it's not every day that you're probably able to wear your prosthesis. There's times when maybe your appendage doesn't want to cooperate or you've done it too hard the previous day, so you're not able to do so. So wheelchair's a very important kind of augmentation to my ability to move around outside of the prosthetic as well now that Mm. I haven't got a limb yeah and did you struggle to kind of trust the prosthetic to begin with because obviously with Pollyanna she was just learning to walk for me it took me a really long time to actually learn to like trust this thing that was on the end of my leg like is that are you are you the same as me in that respect or yeah definitely so um there was a couple of times when um I had just got the prosthetic and um, I'd been released from physio so that I could kind of go cause trouble at work with it. Um, and when I was in the office, I it had a, a little hinge on it so I could fold it away when I sat down. 
completely forgot that I had unlocked the hinge whilst I was talking to somebody sitting on a on a desk. And so I stood up to walk away and just nearly took out a coat hanger as my uh, leg has not locked back in place. And I thought, I'm completely unaware that I have this limb that's missing, but that I need to almost account for. And I guess it comes naturally with, with practice, but um, it's something that has definitely been an interesting journey to learn to walk again. That's mm. that's for sure. Yeah. And for you, did you go to a rehab centre or what How? What did your sort of recovery, like in terms of physio, look like? So um, my physio was uh, through the NHS. So it was uh, once a week, spend an hour um, with the prosthetic learning to walk with um, support bars and then moving to a couple of sticks and eventually down to one stick as you move around the the place. And that was, it was good. Um, But uh, I I made a lot more progress once the leg had been released into my care because I could practice a lot more often than once a week. Yeah, definitely. And how would you say then, I mean, Pollyanna, I'm going to ask you this as well in a minute, but Ryan, what would you say the sort of main challenges are being younger and being an amputee? Yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to hear what Pollyanna also has on this kind of perspective, because for me, it's been a shift from somebody who had two legs and was able to agree to go on a last minute maybe flight to Europe for a, a long weekend with my friends, to having to plan a lot in a head, which Every amputee has to do, but I think it's unique for younger amputees because of the degree that you're involved in a social life outside of yourself um, and the activities you probably get up to are a bit more active when you're younger um, or the people who you maybe associate with want to do things that aren't as easy for you to manage that other people can. Um, And I think that's, that's particularly pertinent when it comes to young amputees and their ability to to build connections or maintain, in my case, maintain the connections with my friends um, through the kind of joint activities that we did enjoy all together before. Yeah, definitely. And what about you then, Pollyanna? What would you say, you know, being a young amputee, because you also told me that you don't even, well, mate, you didn't really even know that many amputees or any amputees, right? Yeah. Um, I I don't know. My, my friends sound a bit lazier than Ryan's. We don't do <laughs> that many, we don't do too many active things, I don't think. I can't I can't think of any challenges I've faced off the top of my head. I don't know. I think recovery, because I, I had an operation last autumn, about nine months ago now. And the recovery from that I, was not nice because I couldn't really walk and I didn't I wasn't very comfortable with it at all. But like in terms of my friends and sort of doing active things, I just sort of pick my friends accordingly. Because with me, I I've I my my situation's never changed. So like a real friend would wait and or just change the plans or because it's not my fault like if Mm. I was being difficult and I was like I don't want to go then don't change the plans like I'm saying I cannot physically do that then it's not an imposition because it's just they invited you and that's the way it is so yeah yeah just choose my friends accordingly (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely um did your friends have kind of a lot of questions for you when you were younger because I know like children like you know particularly younger children ask me questions all the time so did you get that from your friends when you were younger at school no I always my teachers because I moved schools a lot I went to three primary schools and it was like like when I was in reception like it was just like oh Pauline's got a plastic leg cool like they didn't really care um and then I think when I went when I moved schools when I was eight I think that they just got like a backstory before I walked in (laughs) and then by the time I went to secondary school I think I I couldn't tell you I mean I live in a town where like people know people it's like Mm. quite a small town um but like 
I think it just spread around accordingly. Mm. No one was sort of, I would say obnoxious, not really obnoxious, sort of forward enough to ask me to my face. But um, yeah. that's fine. I don't need mind either way. Yeah. And do you get people asking you things now? Like, do people, because sometimes random people on the bus just like start asking me questions. Do either of you get that? Is that just me? Uh, I I don't. If someone did, I'd tell them it was none of their business. <laughs> I wouldn't go up to someone on the bus and ask them what their living situation is. It's just none of their business. Unless yeah. I know them and they're genuinely interested. But if they're just being nosy, I just don't have the time for that. Go yeah. Google it or something. <laughs> I've obviously I've obviously got one of those faces that people just think that they can ask like loads of questions to. I, I must have the same thing as uh, unlike Pollyanna, I've had people ask me questions about it and I'm quite happy to chime in because it's it's kind of a learning experience myself as well still. But um you are right to agree. It like does it matter that I've got a leg missing or not? Not really. Is it your business to ask? Probably not. Um but uh, maybe I'm just I just uh, realised that I'm kind of stuck, for example, in my wheelchair at the moment. So uh, I'll, I'll just kind of <laughs> answer the questions and see where this goes. Yeah. yeah. Also, I think it. I think it kind of depends on who's asking. Like, if it's a if it's a child, then it's like it's a child. Like, they don't have the reservations. But if it's like a full grown adult and they made the conscious decision to see a sixty year old girl, I'll start asking her questions about her physical situation. It's just a bit like no. Yeah. Like yeah. I was on to, I was on to outside Black Friday's and there was a guy sitting in a restaurant and they started staring at my leg and I literally looked at them and I was like, just, what are you staring at? Because it's just <laughs> I, I don't I was feeling really bold. I think I'd gone shopping with my friend or something. Oh god, I sound really obnoxious now. <laughs> I'm no, not, I I'm, think not it's I, great. I'm not that I was just I was just getting a bit annoyed because it was like literally it was like a table of 30-year-old men and they were all staring and I was just like, leave me alone. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You're right. Is there's a time and a place, and as you said, who who asks you's depends on whether it's appropriate or not you know it's okay for children to ask you because they haven't got the same reservations as you mentioned but in that case yeah absolutely they shouldn't be staring at all yeah Mm. definitely and Ryan when it comes to your friends then obviously Mm -hmm. you mentioned you and your friends did do loads of active I'm a bit more like Pollyanna we didn't my friends don't really do active things either um but yeah you mentioned you kind of did a lot of active things like was it Mm -hmm. was it difficult from the point of view of your friends did you kind of learn who your real friends were like you know the ones who would stick by you I think uh, maybe I'd just been lucky prior to my amputation with whom I picked to kind of associate with um all my friends have been really supportive uh, especially um the people who I work with because they're the people who I, I did spend a lot of time with and then suddenly I, I kind of disappear from their lives as I'm off for recovery and um, they made sure to keep in touch and uh any kind of activities that we wanted to get up to. There was a, a birthday party, for example, at a, um, an Airbnb that had been rented. And the host, I didn't mention it to him, but the, my friend who was hosting it was like, Ryan's got the downstairs bedroom. That's like undisputable. No one else is, is going to be able to take that because he kind of, he needs it. And um, they've been really good with, with working out either a way to get me involved or going, We'll put that activity on the back burner until he can get involved and we'll do something else. And that's been mm. really, really good. Yeah. And how important has it been for you, Ryan, to try and sort of stay physically strong and fit? Like what kind of stuff have you done to retain your fitness? So initially, um, when I was kind of recovering, the crutches did a lot of it for me. Uh, just being able to move means that you've got to get fitter because you're not usually used to walking with your arms. Um, I... Tried to keep in shape at the gym, but swimming and and I'm looking at other kind of water-based activities now is fantastic because of that buoyancy 
that it can take away some of the the stress of using maybe just one limb, but you're able to still keep in shape with it. So definitely more activities. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a big swimmer. And this brings me on nicely to your dancing, Pollyanna. Um, obviously, you, see, you saw where I was going there. I imagine a lot of your kind of physical strength comes from that. So can you tell us a bit more about like what types of dance you do um, and also about this amazing point leg that you have as well? Yes, I do ballet um, and contemporary dance with like creative dancing in students. Brilliant. I love it. So story time, during the January <laughs> lockdown, I was getting a bit frustrated because I was like, I can't walk. But when I can walk again, what, like, what am I going back to? Am I going back to like times of doing point with one leg and not actually be able to do it? Or do I actually want to move on with my life? So then I, in like a very stressful moment, I asked my dad to put out a tweet um, asking if anyone knew how to make a point leg in the way I wanted it. And luckily Dorset Orthopaedic replied and said I could. So I have a point leg, which I can do... It stays on point all the time. I can do nice turns on it and things. It's very fun. Wow, that's amazing. So did you get, when did you get that? Quite recently or? Uh, The process started in around February, March time. And then I I think I picked it up probably May. Yes, May. Oh, that's amazing. And But you mentioned that contemporary is your favourite dance. Is that right? Yeah, it is. It's like yeah. the creative aspect. And it's like, yeah, it incorporates every single part of your body. And I love it. It's very fun. Yeah. yeah. And is that something that you want to do in future? You're hoping to kind of pursue that as your career? Uh, I hope so. Yes, that'd be lovely. Fingers crossed. We can play this back in like 10 years time we'll when you're on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it like then doing point on that leg like how does it work so you mentioned it just stays on point all the time so do you sort of dance on it and then raise up or like how does it actually work I'm trying to picture it <laughs> no it, it just stays in a point position so I can do sort of turns on it because what you need the right leg to be on point for uh so I can do quite a lot of things on that leg I don't use it for every aspect of point so I, I sort of use it for like some types of turns and then some things but uh yeah mm. works something doesn't for others <laughs> yeah and what is it that you love most about dance would you say uh, it's just fun like it's just it just yeah it's just it's just fun like it, when I think of enjoying myself it's the first thing that comes to mind it's just mm. so it, it's like having a purpose which I like mm-hmm. yeah definitely I feel like that sense of purpose is something that we've all got in different ways like Ryan obviously you mentioned your job earlier you know I've got all this sort of stuff like this podcast and obviously Pollyanna you've got your dance so perhaps that is something that for young younger people especially like finding that sort of purpose is something that people going through amputation that could be something that might help them I suppose like writing down ways they can find that purpose is that something that you guys identify with is that something that you think could help yeah absolutely at least I think it is um through my recovery and and through my progress having a goal or or something to motivate towards has been massively important for me um like mine has mostly been my career but not just the job itself of being able to return to active duties because at the moment I'm in a restricted position because I have to stay to desk work and such because I can't reach the required fitness levels to be safe out on the streets so when I've got my prosthetic fitted and um, I've got my new knee um, I will be looking to get that done so that I can kind of qualify again to 
be suitable to go back outside, do all the active training elements and go out. And that's, that goal has really motivated me to get into shape, to be able to carry myself, to stick with getting involved with work rather than letting my amputation define what I'm going to do next. Instead, I'm just going to work with it because it's just part of who I am and, and, and you know, it gives me something to focus on. So definitely for me. Mm. And Pollyanna, are you quite driven, would you say? Yeah, I think I'm quite driven. I think, I mean, not just in dance, like even with my home, I kind of know what I want. And if I have like a goal to get to, then I, I don't know, the motivation comes from somewhere. Like even even with schoolwork, like for example, this evening, <laughs> I was very set on watching this series that's come out on Netflix. So I worked like for about three hours straight at school. Like, and everyone was like, why don't I just have a break? And I was like, no, need to get done. Then I can have a free evening. <laughs> um so like if I've got like something to work towards then yes yeah definitely and then the other thing I wanted to talk about that Ryan you and I spoke about before was body confidence and how that can be different for young amputees and particularly young male and young female amputees I mean for you like what tell us a bit about your journey in that area because I mean for me I I really struggled being in my wheelchair you feel you sound like you're very kind of accepting of it and I I really struggled in terms of body confidence looking at my stump and being in my wheelchair but I mean how's that journey been for you particularly as a man as well do you think it's different to as a woman? I think it is different if if even if we took the disability out of it the perception of how we should be in public as a woman or, or as a man and what's considered acceptable are a bit different I think for the man kind of aspect I guess um is to a degree, there's this perception that men should be strong, should be able to look after themselves. And if you happen to have an amputation or you happen to need someone to hold a door open for you or you're in a wheelchair, um, then it can potentially kind of degrade that. And for me initially, when I was getting out and about in a wheelchair, I was I was kind of embarrassed when I would need people to open up doors or could you reach that for me? And Oh, I need to have my mum with me, for example, when I was unable to push myself around because I wasn't strong enough to, to get around places. It can make you feel, uh, may, maybe it's also partially due to age as well. You know, I'm supposed to be an adult. I'm supposed to be independent. And those things have been taken away. Um, but as I've become more comfortable with being an amputee and that it doesn't define me, it's just part of my journey through life now, Um I've kind of grown with that and I've, I'm trying to help others who kind of have a little bit of maybe body confidence issues that aren't around an amputation, for example, but maybe, for example, feeling a little bit overweight. Well, you know, you, you're you and you shouldn't have to worry about what you think you should look like. Be happy in yourself. Um, and I'm really kind of focusing on that mindset with my goals is be in a position where I'm happy with myself as opposed to what other people want me to be. Mm. And what about getting um, a realistic prosthetic leg versus one that looks like obviously like a prosthetic leg? What about because I think we we had different mindsets on this. We did, when we yeah. Spoke about it, yeah. And um, so when I kind of sat down to get my prosthetic fitted, they go through. You know, we're going to have to make it functional, but it's also got to be comfortable. And then there's an element of cosmetic design around it, and. I immediately threw out cosmetic design to make it look like I originally have my my kind of my original leg. I don't worry about it because to me, I shouldn't try to hide 
my amputation. I shouldn't try to hide my disability. Um, and in fact, if I can kind of augment it into almost a point of fashion statements or something which draws attention to it and says, hey, look, you know, other people are different, but we're just able to perform just as well as everybody else. Um, I was very much that mindset. So throughout the process of putting together my prosthetic, cosmetic has been the last thing. It's always been function over form for me. Yeah. And whereas when I first got my prosthetic leg, I really wanted it to look realistic. And I think it was a body confidence thing where I didn't want people to stare at my leg. And so I wanted it to look like skin coloured and I wanted it to look as real as possible. Whereas now my leg doesn't look, it, it's just because it's comfortable and it doesn't look, it doesn't look um, cosmetically like a leg at all. You can see the kind of metal pole and everything. Absolutely. So, I mean, Pollyanna, obviously you've had so many legs growing up. Like, does that worry you or do, have you ever cared about what they look like? When I was younger, I never really thought of it as much of a big deal because like I've never, I, I keep saying this, but like I've always looked like this. So it's never been like, oh God, you look, I've never looked different. When I was younger, I think I did have some body image issues. I didn't like my leg and I did want it to look quite realistic. I only know this because I read in my um, medical records. <laughs> <laughs> you exhausted my rights as a 16-year-old. But yeah, when I was younger, my legs, they look lifelike. Like they're sort of, they're silicon. So they look like, there's lifelike and it's creepily lifelike. And they're on the creepy side. Um, they're great. They're great, great though. I love them. I can't, can't fault them, but like they're creepily realistic. Yeah. And then I used those. And then I think I got to a point in my life where I didn't like walking legs anymore. <laughs> so I started wearing a blade full time. Around about four years or five years, I would think. I, I've, I actually don't know where that came from. It's slightly random in, in hindsight. And then I think from that, I was just like, I'm not going to look, it's not going to look like a leg anymore. I probably had a heated approach off. And now my leg, it's just, it's just because I read an Instagram post like ages ago and it was like, prosthesis and other medical aids should mm. have room to be fashion accessories so I've got a matching sleeve for my leg so it's all pink zebra print and then I also painted it blue just for good measure because it wasn't <laughs> colourful enough nice. so yeah my teacher once stopped me uh, outside my class like what is what, what, why, why so many colours and I was like because you can't you can't have enough yeah may as well and <laughs> you can express yourself through your leg why not yeah <laughs> And so finally, then, I wanted to end by asking you both, um, and Ryan, I'll start with you, if you don't mind, what would be your kind of one sort of top bit of advice for other amputees who might be listening to this now, younger amputees, um, maybe they're struggling, maybe they're in a place where they sort of need a bit of a boost. Um, what would be your sort of top piece of advice for them? I think is to think of the things you enjoyed prior to amputation, or maybe if you've been a, a long time amputee like Pollyanna and you're just having a little bit of difficulty with that and break it down into smaller steps that you can work towards and definitely get your friends involved with that um, because it's hard to sometimes work things out on your own and the support of others is nothing to be ashamed of um, as it just enables you to progress on your own journey as as you improve and get better so definitely get involved with anything you can any opportunities that come up go for it and figure out a way to make it happen definitely and Pollyanna what about you what would you say to people who aren't feeling great and might be struggling a bit I'd just say just focus on what you can do not what you can't mm. like 
see how like if you can't walk 100 meters then you can wheel 100 meters if you can't go see someone in person you can facetime them if something's harder that doesn't mean it's not possible <laughs> it's all just perception really so just think about what you are able to do rather than what is difficult and just because you need help or you're slightly less not less able but you have less physical capacity to do things it's not a bad thing because everyone's got limitations even if people try to act like they don't everyone's got limitations yeah and disability isn't a bad thing it's not it's an empowerment yeah and it's not a taboo word either it's just like you know nothing about you's bad we're all different people we all require different things at different times so yeah it does it's just not a bad thing yeah definitely i think that is a great note to leave on so thank you both so much for chatting to me today and remember to find out more about the charity you can find the limbless association on social media or you can visit our website www.limbless-association.org see you next time bye